Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Ali Roman Show. What are some legacies of British-Irish tensions dating back to the 1920s when what became the Republic of Ireland was established out of the old United Kingdom of Great Britain and Ireland? I want to look at Irish pop culture in the 1980s and 90s. I also want to look at the question of language, how people in the Republic of Ireland and in Northern Ireland talk about the region in terms of geography. And I also want to look at the question of borders, the border between the Republic of Ireland and Northern Ireland, which is the official border between the Republic of Ireland and the United Kingdom. And I also want to look at the border between Northern Ireland and the rest of the United Kingdom, especially Scotland. Uh, there's been this debate over the past couple of years about how Brexit will affect the border between Scotland and Northern Ireland, because goods coming into the Republic of Ireland, and therefore the European Union, uh, they cross two borders. One is from Scotland to Northern Ireland, where you're still in uh, the United Kingdom, and the other border is from Northern Ireland to the Republic of Ireland, which is the official order, uh, border between Britain and uh, the Republic of Ireland. One of the reasons why there's this debate there about um, what border practices should look like after Brexit is because the border between the Republic of Ireland and Northern Ireland is kind of fluid. Um, and so there's a question of where do uh, goods coming from the United Kingdom going into the European Union, where do they get checked? Do they get checked at the Northern Ireland border with Scotland, or do they get checked at the Northern Ireland border with the Republic of Ireland? Um, and with Brexit, is there going to be greater border scrutiny between the Northern Ireland and uh, Republic of Ireland? Is, does that mean that um, if the border is between the Republic of Ireland and Northern Ireland, are the two going to be separated further, which could potentially increase tensions politically between the parliaments there? Um, there's already debates about, about whether or not people need to get some sort of um, additional documentation or visa uh, tourists who are in the Republic of Ireland if they want to go into Northern Ireland. So there's all these debates going on. Um, and the debate about the Northern Ireland protocol uh, deals with that. So let's look at let's look at the story of Irish pop culture. Here's an article from 2018, the tragedy that inspired Zombie, the Cranberries' biggest hit. Irish pop culture is one of the main areas um, of culture and and society and politics where Americans um, have had their greatest exposure to uh, the politics of the Republic of Ireland and Northern Ireland throughout the 1900s. In the 1980s and 90s, bands like the Cranberries, and then in the 80s and also 90s, U2, um, put out these international hits, songs, that dealt with one or another um, social or political issue in the Republic of Ireland and in Northern Ireland and the rest of Great Britain. Uh, there was, of course, Sinead O'Connor, talked, among other things, about the Roman Catholic Church in Ireland, and uh, there were other groups. In the case of the Cranberries in the late 90s, 
her song Zombie, Zombie, which any American who's over the age of, let's say, 35 would remember hearing back in the 90s. It dealt with a particular explosion that took place in the 1990s um, where in England, where some youths lost their lives. And Cranberries, the Cranberries, in particular, the lead singer, Dolores O'Riordan, put out this song as a kind of protest song against the violence of the that had developed in the 1960s and continued in the 1970s, 80s, and 90s um, in Northern Ireland, where um, where some people in Northern Ireland wanted to uh, wanted Northern Ireland to secede from the United Kingdom the way that the Republic of Ireland had previously, and to join the Republic of Ireland to become a single um, country. And that was a military military armed conflict throughout the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. Now at the time, her song was criticized by some people back in the UK and in Northern Ireland, including Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland. There were some, there was some critique of the song, people saying that um, the Cranberry should not be singing about the conflict and that uh, the lead singer Dolores O'Riordan and the rest of the singers should not be uh, taking sides in the conflict. It was seen as a kind of critique of the IRA, um, an armed group in Northern Ireland that uh, was pushing for Northern Ireland to secede from uh, the United Kingdom. So it was seen as it was seen as taking sides in the conflict. But the singer responded to the controversy by saying that the only side she was really taking was a kind of side for peace. So let's look at some quotes from this article from the singer herself and from some observers at the time. Um, so let's take a look here. So it says here, this is from the article itself, her pain was real. Zombie was a visceral response to the death of two, two children in the town of Warrington, which is in England. Um, and again, it was seen it was seen by observers as a critique of the IRA. And here's what she says about it. She says, I remember seeing one of the mothers on television, just devastated. She told Vox magazine in 1994. I felt so sad for her that she carried him for nine months, been through all the morning sickness, the whole thing, and some, and some prick, some airhead who thought he was making a point did that. Um, now she says here, the IRA are not me. I'm not the IRA. So the IRA again is based, was based was based in Northern Ireland, and it was in favor of Northern Ireland seceding from the United Kingdom. Uh, here she is in the Republic of Ireland saying that. Uh, they don't speak for her, presumably because of the the kind of the shared cultural heritage, cultural identity. These are Irish Catholics, and then um, the shared political background that she's from the Republic of Ireland, and the IRA in the north in Northern Ireland wants um, Northern Ireland to become part of the Republic of Ireland. So she says, the IRA are not me, I'm not the IRA, the Cranberries are not the IRA, my family are not. And in the song, she says, when it says in the song, it's not me, it's not my family, that's what I'm saying, it's not Ireland. It's some idiots living in the past. She says, she, I picked up the electric guitar, then I kicked in distortion on the chorus, and I said to the drummer, maybe you could beat the drums harder. 
even though it was written on an acoustic, it became a bit of a rocker. Um, if it was soft, it wouldn't have had that same impact. Who knows how true that is, because a lot of these soft songs have a lot of impact. Um, I don't care. So it says here, O'Riordan's lyrics received some criticism at the time. People called her naive and accused her of taking sides in a conflict she didn't understand. I don't care whether it's Protestant or Catholic. I care about the fact that innocent people are being harmed. That's what provoked me to write the song. It, was, it has nothing to do with, it was nothing to do with writing a song ab about it because I'm Irish. You know, I never thought I'd write something like this in a million years. I used to think I'd get in trouble. Instead, the song became an anthem for innocence trapped by other people's violence. It doesn't name terrorist groups or organizations, she told the NME in 1994. It doesn't take sides. It's a very human song. To me, the whole thing is very confused. If these adults have a problem with other these other adults, well, then go and fight them. Have a bit of balls about it, at least, you know? So she's upset about the death of these, these children at the time. She traveled, he, uh, the original, so the song reached number 14 in the charts in the UK. The success perhaps hampered by the BBC's decision to ban the video. That's the video that all Americans over, like, say, 35, 40, I remember as a kid seeing it in the 90s. The original was shot by Samuel Bayer, who had previously directed the videos of, for Nirvana Smells Like Teen Spirit. And I remember it had that similar kind of dark um, uh, filter look. He traveled, the director, to Northern Ireland and shot footage of the Troubles, including images of children holding guns, which the BBC objected to and also Ireland's national broadcaster, RTE, also objected to. Instead, they broadcasted an edited version focusing on performance footage, which the band disowned. We said it was crap, but knew we were fighting a losing battle. I do remember in the, United, in the US, they showed the full video. And the original video has been watched more than 660 million times. So this was kind of interesting in the 90s, particularly interesting because in the 2000s, there was so much uh, media, media focus on the war on terror and then the Gulf Wars in the Middle East, uh, that in the 90s, this image before all that of uh, conflicts in Spain, conflicts in the Republic of Ireland and more so Northern Ireland, um, you got the impression in the 1990s that Europe, including the places that are, are we think of today as centers of tourism, Northern Spain, Northern Ireland, Belfast, in the 90s, you got a sense of the idea, a sense of these places being, um, you get the sense that these are dangerous places, um, like the Basque region, again, center of tourism today. Northern Ireland, also a center of tourism today. Also in the 90s, uh, Southern Europe, uh, the former Yugoslavia was breaking up into Serbia, Bosnia, Croatia, Montenegro. That was a major site of war. So interesting to think about how, um, how different Europe looked back in the 1990s versus today. Now, that's what, that's what makes this this conflict a little bit interesting outside of the pop culture dimensions, outside of the fact that, um, you know, Irish rock, including, including uh, the U2 song in 1983, Bloody Sunday, which was widely played and listened to throughout the 1990s in the US, Sunday, uh, Sunday Bloody Sunday, uh, which, was, which was written by the guitarist, The Edge, who is Irish from England. Um, there was this outside of this transformation of of um, pop culture, where there was this kind of feverish interest in the United States in um, Irish rock singers. Um, one of the things that makes this whole history interesting is that today, uh, especially with Brexit 
and the United Kingdom pulling away from the European Union, which means that Northern Ireland will be pulled further away from the Republic of Ireland in some ways. There are all these debates that are taking place when it comes to how to manage the border between the European Union and the United Kingdom. Officially, again, that border is um, between the Republic of Ireland and Northern Ireland, but there's also a border between Northern Ireland and Scotland when it comes to goods that are coming into, because if goods are not being checked closely as they move from Northern Ireland into the Republic of Ireland and, and the European Union wants to manage all incoming goods, then that border of um, that, those border checks need to happen uh, between Northern Ireland and, their, and the United Kingdom. It doesn't that pull Northern Ireland further away from the UK. So here's, a, here's an article from Politico, not my favorite website, from 2022. Um, UK post-Brexit border plans will cut tourists to Northern Ireland. So, th so there's this, there was this plan in 2022 to have any Americans or travelers who are in the Republic of Ireland have to actually get an additional document to go up to Belfast. Knowing Americans like myself, that's enough of a hassle to just not go altogether. British plans to require foreign visitors to Northern Ireland to secure advance ETA, electronic travel authorizations, will harm the UK's region's efforts, harm the UK region's efforts to tempt tourists across the Irish border. The plans contained in the UK's Nationality and Borders Bill would mean that hundreds of thousands of American tourists who land annually at Dublin Airport will need to complete online forms and pay fees before they can travel legally to Belfast, barely 100 miles away. They're currently seamless, those, those trips. Foreign travelers and tour companies long shunned Northern Ireland because of its violence and instability. The 1998 peace accord that capped the troubles committed the Irish government to encourage visitors to add the North to their itineraries. Dublin and Belfast jointly created an all-island agency focusing on the school, Tourism Ireland. So kind of interesting. Now, I don't know what happened to this. Um, I don't think uh, at the moment American travelers in uh, Dublin require um, any sort of electronic uh, required electronic travel authorizations in order to go to Belfast, but I just Google this and let's see you. So 2000, 2023 us citizens will need travel authorization for Europe. Um, all right. I'm not sure what the, what, what has happened here. Um, on the, on the, in the reverse direction, visas will, visa, Americans might need a visa to enter Europe coming from the UK, but usually these are visas you get on arrival. So in any case, travel between Dublin and Belfast, Americans. Let's see if there's any news on this news. Um, let's see here. So it might be a visa on destination, who knows? Um, which leads to the other border-related topic. Other border-related topic. Here's an article from 15 days ago. Belfast sends water cannons to Dublin to control rioters. Now, people that, let's take a look at what this article is about. Police in Northern Ireland have sent two water cannons. Um, let's take a look here. This was from a, this, okay, this was a different issue. We'll come back to that. 
but there were some protests in Northern Ireland um, related, related to the fact that um, related to this whole question of how exactly Brexit will be implemented in Northern Ireland uh, when it comes to those border border checks of goods coming from Scotland into Northern Ireland down into the Republic of Ireland, which is the start of the European Union. Um, and that is the story of the border protocol. So we'll look at that a different time. But in the meantime, despite all these debates about borders and whatnot, and whether Americans need some sort of visa or authorization to travel from Dublin to Belfast because they're leaving the European Union to go into the United Kingdom, um, there has still been, from a tourism perspective, a push for greater tourism in Northern Ireland coming from the Republic of Ireland. So here's an article from the BBC in 2000 and um, 20, 2023, where um, people from the Republic of Ireland are being encouraged to travel to Northern Ireland as tourists. More than a million trips, almost a million trips, were made between January and September of last year, according to the, some statistics office. Hillsborough Castle in County Down is one of the locations that has seen an increase, increase in cross-border visits. Members of the royal family stay at Hillsborough when visiting Northern Ireland. Now that's kind of interesting because staycations, that's interesting because um, tourism is one of the most important sectors of the Northern Irish, Northern Ireland economy, or at least it's a significant one. And um, and the, the idea of actually encouraging people from the Republic of Ireland to go up to Northern Ireland is part of the legacies of um, British-Irish tensions, where Northern Ireland, within the United Kingdom, in partnership with the Republic of Ireland, is trying to continue um, loosening these political and cultural boundaries between the two regions among other ways, by having tourists from uh, one region travel to the other. Um, even more so, there are proposals to help, North, in reverse, Northern Ireland students attend Irish universities. So that's kind of interesting. A new report has recommended changes to the requirements for students from Northern Ireland to access education in universities south of the border. Um, so pretty interesting. So these are, these are proposals from the Higher Education Authority, I think, in the Republic of Ireland. Um, and it would so the some of the recommend recommend some of the points of the recommendation to have it no longer necessary to take um, a certain number of exams to attend Irish universities. Northern Ireland students should be able to use so basically lessening the uh, requirements for Northern Ireland students to travel south and attend Irish universities. So pretty interesting. So there are tourism partnerships, there are um, higher education partnerships. And um, but what's also interesting is that over in England, it appears that sometimes locals um, aren't fully aware of, of some of the dynamics of culture and politics today in uh, the Republic of Ireland and Northern Ireland. Apparently one of the social media managers here uh, for the 10 Downing Street Instagram page here, this is in 2023, just a month ago, November. Uh, the original post said, yesterday we celebrated the culture of Northern Ireland with a reception in Downing Street. Businesses, businesses from across Northern Ireland arrived to showcase some of their best produce the country has to offer. And then they put the flag of the Republic of Ireland. And even any American would, I think, would, would have known that that was an error. 
um, because we know that that's the flag of the Republic of Ireland, that Northern Ireland is part of the UK. So the flag would be the UK flag. Um, I think I think Americans partly know this because there are a lot of Northern Ireland um, authors on Twitter, and they sometimes will use like the four leaf clover emoji when they mention Northern Ireland. So not the Republic of Ireland flag. So the article says here, um, some of the commenters were to hope the flag is a joke. How embarrassing. Since Northern Ireland is currently part of the United Kingdom and not the Republic of Ireland, its flag is represented in the UK flag, which symbolizes the Union of England, Scotland, Wales, and Northern Ireland. It's kind of interesting. Um, that might be a harmless faux pas if it weren't for the historical, violent, and political conflicts waged over the status of Ireland and Northern Ireland. So kind of interesting. Other dimensions of culture that are, that are somewhat noteworthy. Um, here's an article that talks about the fact that um, that people refer to the region differently in, in local cities. So here's a discussion um, on the Guardian website, notes under the section of notes and queries. Somebody asks, why do unionists um, use the term Ulster to describe Northern Ireland when part of, so this is the, the region of the different counties of the of historical kingdom of Ireland back in the day. Ulster was the county or the set of counties, the region, uh, the set of counties that are today mostly part of Northern Ireland. So it says, why do unionists, people in Northern Ireland who are strongly in favor of Northern Ireland remaining part of the United Kingdom, why did they use the term Ulster to describe Northern Ireland um, rather than just calling it Northern Ireland, especially when part of one of some of the counties within this Northern region, Ulster, are in fact in the Republic of Ireland. Um, and there's all these different re reasons. For, some people claim here, someone in England, from a unionist perspective, Ulster suggests a greater level of distinctiveness from the Republic of Ireland than Northern Ireland does. Uh, they, people are debating the answer to this question, but one of the claims is that people use this term um, as a kind of shorthand, simpler way of referring to the region. It's only two, two syllables rather than Northern Ireland, multiple, multiple syllables. Other people say that they're trying to distance the region from the word Ireland. Other people disagree with that and say they're very proud to be Irish and in Northern Ireland, but it's just a kind of a shorthand. But kind of interesting that um, some people refer to the region as Ulster rather than Northern Ireland. Um, one other note here, Dublin to oppose UK. So here's that thing I was mentioning about the Northern Ireland Protocol. Dublin, this is from 2021. Dublin to oppose UK requirements for crossing Northern Irish border. That sounds, that's a confusing title. Let's read the first paragraph. Ireland plans to raise concerns with the UK government over plans to require non-Irish and non-British nationals to get clearance before crossing the border. Dublin doesn't even like that. Um, under the Nationality and Borders Bill, EU citizens and others without an Irish or British passport would need to apply for an electronic travel authorization to enter the UK. Starting from 2025, that's the thing that we talked about. But Irish Deputy Prime Minister, the, the, the minister there said Thursday that the Irish government would communicate its concerns about the plan. Part of the argument in favor of Brexit was about controlling their borders and also about reducing and stopping immigration from the European Union. And this is part of the outworking of that. Uh, ending free movement was a big part of the argument that they made, but we will absolutely be making our views known. 
Um, his comments came in response to um, a question from a Sinn Féin politician, which is a party that um, is in Northern Ireland, which is associated with closer connections with the Republic of Ireland, um, who said, the UK's home office's proposal was a disgrace and argued it would have a huge impact on commuters in the tourism industry. So Sinn Féin does not want greater um, uh, distance from the Republic of Ireland. Ireland once again faces the prospect of the collateral damage of a Tory government in Westminster that doesn't give a damn about Ireland and it's so divorced from the reality of life on the border that it could even face countenance such a measure like this. Um, and then in response to that, UK Home Office Minister Kevin Foster said there will be told the House of Commons Northern Ireland Affairs Committee, there will not be any checking of ETA paperwork at the borders. This will be a fairly simple process. Um, so they're just trying to have a simple electronic process, basically. Um, in response to that, some people are saying this adds extra layers of bureaucracy, creates a new legal risk and jeopardy for people crossing on land journeys into Northern Ireland. It's pretty interesting. So what happened to the Nationality and Borders Bill? Um, I don't quite know, but let's write 2025, Northern Ireland. Um, news, the last article on this was from two years ago. But it was passed. So I guess there's another year or two before it can be um, reversed. Troubling words undermine border poll. All right, government will strengthen union, but no mention of Northern Ireland or trade border. So there's this interesting question about the trade border. Very interesting. <clears throat> 